Accordion Cows. This is episode 154. And it's Friday, and we're going to do the free-for-all Friday. So I have five things I'm going to touch base on. I'm going to be quick and pithy. They are the next city council member, investing in our future, generational moves, your next vehicle, and where are you now? And here we go. Yes, so look. There is going to be a special election in the city of McKinney. That is currently set up to be the first week of January. Candidates are signing up now. And look, you can go with what we have now and get another rubber stamp in there. Or you can go and support Mr. Vicente Torres. Now, I got to meet Vicente more than a few times in the last couple of years here, and he has worked his tail off to bring common sense to the forefront and his general interest in all things going on in McKinney. And I think he'll be a breath of fresh air in many ways to the McKinney City Council. So I would encourage you, take the time, put in the effort Go meet the guy, see the guy, and see if you pick up what I am picking up. And we'll revisit this later because this is not going away. We're going to have a good six weeks, maybe seven weeks to run up on this. And we can do something different in the city of McKinney. And by different, I mean better, fresh, new, outside of the box, No fear, ladies and gentlemen. Common sense is right around the corner. Number two, investing in our future. Now, you may recall from time to time I've talked about how we have a vested interest in what follows us. We have a vested interest in making sure that the next generation and indeed the grandchildren's generation need to be put in a better spot than where we are. Now, one of the things that the uh, demographers, again, I'm not even sure if that's the right term, but I'm going to use it anyway because those are folks that look at the demographics. They tell us that this generation that follows, I guess Gen X would be the millennials, are potentially going to end up in a worse place Then the generation before them, which would be the first time that that has happened basically since this country was founded. And you got to ask yourself, how did we get here? How do we get past that? Well, that's where investing in our future, in your future, comes into play. We will speak more on this going forward, but let me just say, we got to consider a number of different variables or factors when we make decisions about what the next thing that young people are going to be doing is. And unless we educate them and show them how that works out, they're only going to repeat the failures. I know it's a strong word, but we're going to go with it. The failures of the previous generation. We will revisit this, but this is supposed to be short. This is supposed to be pithy. This is supposed to be part of the free-for-all. Right. So, number three, generational moves. And again, 
I've talked about this from time to time. Where is the current young generation going? What do they see their future being? What do they see being available to them? What are their options? This is a great opportunity. This is a great time for us as the middle-aged people to invest and assist these folks as they look into embarking on what is their future. And by that, I'm talking about young people that are 15 to 25 years old. They're just hitting high school to just finishing what, in theory, would be college. And what can they do? What can they be involved in? Their generation is just getting started. Now, we can't, as a Gen Xer, I can't fix what happened to the millennials. That was kind of out of my control and outside of my influence. But we can impart the wisdom that we have picked up over the past 20-some years of our own experience and try and guide these young people to avoid some of the pitfalls, to maybe don't take some of that bad boomer advice. And that boomer advice might have been great 30 years ago. It's not so great now. And, you know, it's fun to hate on the boomers, I mean, but that's not the point of this conversation. And... While my own parents are boomers, I don't hate on them. They only knew what they knew. And actually, my my folks are the outliers of that generation. So uh, no, no shade being thrown at my family. Uh, number four. This is not related at all, but it is. Your next vehicle. I watched a series of videos over the weekend basically telling me that not only are electric vehicles the future, that is the only future, and you're going to probably end up driving a Chinese electric vehicle. Now, I got to tell you, 50 years ago, if you would have told me that the Japanese cars were going to be seen as some of the best vehicles being built, I would have had a hard time believing that. Of course, I would have been all of... Not born yet 50 years ago, but certainly if you follow the logic here, and certainly if you would have told me as little as 25 years ago that the Korean automotive manufacturers were going to make some top drawer vehicles and people would actually look to them for styling cues, I would have kind of given you a weird look. Indeed, if you would have told me that most of the European car makers would be passe and... mm, less than exciting by 2020, I would have questioned you as well. Now, that being said, Audi still makes a fantastic looking car and, you know, still wouldn't mind having a Beamer and man, I love the way a Porsche looks. But those are three German cars and two of them are actually the same company. So what are we really getting out of the European automotive manufacturers at this point in time? Not really sure. So, the future is here, and unfortunately, it is not exciting. As far as if you like your internal combustion engines, if you like the idea of being able to go where you want to go, when you want to go, and explore the country and enjoy your freedom, those things are going to be curtailed. 
whether it's the mileage tax, whether it's just the fact that you have an electric car and the charge is only good for so long. And oh, by the way, we're only going to have charging stations in the city, which means you're realistically only going to have a range of about 250 miles outside of the city. That's going to become extremely challenging. Now you say, but oh, Stephen, hey, look, you only can get like 200 to 300 miles out of a gasoline vehicle. Yes. But you can get gasoline currently anywhere you want for a very reasonable price, even after uh, the Brandon price adjustment. At $3 a gallon, it's still reasonable in Texas. Now, if you live in California, I'm sorry, I can't help you. But for most of the country, most of the time, we enjoy a great amount of freedom courtesy of our vehicles. And that may not be the case going forward. So when you're looking at what your next new vehicle is going to be, you might want to keep that in mind. As for myself, I just don't see a future where I will be driving a Chinese badged vehicle. Of course, most every vehicle I've driven for the last 20 years is built largely overseas from overseas components, including many things probably made in China. So we can at least pretend that because my vehicle says Dodge on it, that I'm driving a good American vehicle. But those of us that were in the automotive business, we know better. And those of you who are not, clearly you must see what I see. And if you don't, I'd be happy to spend some time educating you on that. On to item number five. As we're closing in on 10 minutes, the question is, where are you now? See, now this is a question that I put upon myself from time to time because let's be honest with each other. When we were 15 years old, did we necessarily imagine we would be where we're at right now? For some people, yeah, they did. Or they've been successful beyond their wildest dreams. And those people are good to know. And that's a great situation to be in. But those of us that maybe didn't have that wild success, we have to evaluate where we're at. Where do we want to go? And from time to time, it's good to reflect. Sometimes you have to be willing to accept, this is where I'm at. What am I going to do now? Sometimes you have to be able to say to yourself, well, I didn't expect to ever be able to do this, this, and this, but I've already done that and more. I should be happy with that. And then there are other times where you think to yourself, well, I really wanted to be able to do this, but I just didn't get there yet. Now they say, you know, those are goals, those are dreams, and that's all well and good. But if you can't accurately access the information that properly describe where you're at now, how can you determine whether or not you are successful and by what metric? And perhaps we're using the wrong metrics. I don't know, but that's something for you to think about because after all, this is a Friday free-for-all and I've given you five points to ponder over the weekend. And when I return on Monday, we will begin looking into three of the five things that I've brought up now two days in a row.
If you're going to have a future, you have to plan for it. And part of planning for it is having a dream and a vision. And I'm going to do my best to start laying out a vision that I've been noodling on in my head for quite some time. There have been some detours. There's been some deviations, if you will, over the last year to two years on certain things that I wanted to do or places um, that I thought I might be able to um, acquire a little bit more influence. But that's okay. We're going forward. We're going to take what we have and start building upon that. We're going to make a difference and we're going to invest going forward. So as I begin the journey, as they say with the first step, enjoy your weekend. I will see you Monday. And until then, this is According to Kalos, and I will see you on the other side.